Good morning. And I promise I really tried to bring some warm weather back with me from Texas. For some reason it didn't happen. <clears throat> Our scripture today is found in uh, Philippians 4, verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Again, that was Philippians 4, verse 8. Thank you, Theta. So before we get started this morning, I just have a quick video I would like to share with you. Actually, I don't really want to share it with you, but I've been asked to, and so I shall. church happy sabbath i hope you all are doing well marco and i have an announcement to make it is with heavy hearts that we announce our transition to seminary this summer making our last sabbath in our district june 25th this is not something we chose nor the conference it is out of our hand at this time we ask for your prayers during this transition just know that we will miss you and we thank you for all your support and the love that you have shown us since the beginning. We have appreciated you all and we're looking forward to cherishing these moments we have with you and we look forward to being here with you all next week. We'll see each other next Sabbath. So good morning church and happy Sabbath. Um, I hope we can still say happy Sabbath despite what we just watched, but I'm going to ask you the same thing I asked the kids, and before I ask that, I'm going to um, just have a quick word of prayer, so if you'll bow your heads with me again. Heavenly Father, as we go into our worship hour this morning, we just ask that you would be with us and bless us, that you would send your spirit to be here with us, to give us peace, to give us um, a sense of calm, and a sense of assurance that you care for us and love us. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So our camp meeting theme this year is, I believe, Does He Love Me? If I'm remembering it correctly. I think that's what it is. I was looking at it yesterday. I hope I quoted it right. Um, And our kind of speaking theme for this month is along those lines as well. And I was trying to think about what to talk about and how to talk about it. And then um, Wednesday, we had our church board meeting and we had our elders meeting. And at our elders meeting, pastor gave the elders the same message that um, you guys just watched. And 
that changed my thinking a little bit about how to present or how to talk about things because he also asked um, that we show the video this morning. I will say he would really have liked to have been here to be able to do that in person. He was speaking at Rapids this week, and he can only be in one place at once. He's not omnipresent, and he didn't want to announce it there and not have us know as well. And so he asked that we show the video so that both churches um, would find out on the same Sabbath and, and be aware. Um, but um, how that ties into the, the topic of what I'm talking about this morning. How many of you this week worried about something? I can tell you I did, even before Wednesday when I talked to Pastor. How many of you this week, or maybe even this morning, had a sense of fear over something? I see hands for that as well. Do you know that the root of worry is often a subliminal fear? We often worry about something because we have fear about it. We just watched the video announcement from Pastor Marco and from Jasmine. And I can, I don't know what's going through your hearts and minds. I, um, if you're like me, when Pastor told the elders this week, it's probably a mixture of things. Um, first, sadness. I know I am definitely um, sad that they will not be able to be here with us um, going forward. And um, feelings of already just like missing good friends, right? And that's kind of the, one of the things that brings sadness. And um, knowing that we are going to miss his leadership. He has been a tremendous leader, and we have been so blessed to have him here. God has blessed us immensely. And another emotion you're feeling might well be worry or fear, both for Pastor and Jasmine, who, um, as they said, are dealing with some things that are beyond their control, that they aren't able to um, really have full control about the choices they would want to make. And, and so it's something that's a little bit out of, out of what they can control to choose whether they stay here or not. And um, as he said, it's not a choice of the conference or, or anything like that. And if you have questions about the specifics of that or anything, I, Pastor did not want to get into all that in a video and, and make a big public announcement from that perspective. But if you have questions, you can seek out myself or one of the other elders, and we'd be happy to have a conversation with you. It's not um, anything like super bad or anything like that. Just there's some circumstances that are beyond his control that, that are preventing them from being able to continue to stay and work for us right now. Um, but you might have worry or fear both for them and their situation and the things that they're dealing with that are beyond their control, and also maybe for our church and for our district. Um, those are all natural things to feel. I don't think I was alone in being extremely excited when, and, and feeling blessed when Pastor was called to our district um, and to be with us and then was joined very shortly after that by Jasmine after they got married. And um, I have continually since then been in a, a mindset of feeling very thankful and grateful to God and praising God for blessing us with him and, and with them, I should say. And I felt very, to, to say that I felt blindsided by the news on Wednesday would probably be a bit of an understatement. Actually, when, when Pastor said he had something he wanted that 
from him and Jasmine that he wanted to tell us as elders. I was like, wow, they're pregnant. <laughs> that, was, that was where my mind went before he told, told me uh, what he was going to say. Um, but needless to say, my heart was heavy and um, just had a, I had a sense, uh, my initial sense was this sense of worry. I'm worried. Over the past weeks, my heart has also been very heavy for the senseless evil um, that has been taking life around us in our country. Um, when I look around, there are so many things that can draw my attention to cause angst and worry. But as I said to our, um, our kids here when we had the children's story, what does the Bible say about worry? Luke 12, 22 through 31, or sorry, um, 25 through 31 tells us, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and is not the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? Consider the lilies of the field. They do not labor or spin, and yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his glory was adorned like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you? O oh, you of little faith, Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? Or who is our pastor going to be? For the Gentiles strive after all of these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Today has enough trouble of its own. I want to share an article with you that was written for BibleGateway.com. As I was working to put this together, um, I was searching for different things that kind of covered the subject of worry. And look, look, I was actually looking for texts, and I saw this link to this article, and I read it, and I thought, I can't say it better than that. And so I'm just going to share the article with you. It's by Christopher Reese. He was a guest contributor. It says, we live in a world in which there is no lack of things to worry about. We encounter financial and health challenges, relational difficulties, pandemics, and political pol polarization, just to name a few. We also internally wrestle with questions such as, who am I? What am I to do? How am I to be loved? And how can I become all that God intends for me to be? Each of these circumstances and questions creates uncertainty. And often, our instinctive response to uncertainty is to worry. And so, we even worry sometimes about our worrying. The Bible has a great deal to say about worry. Today, let's explore what the scripture says about this issue and how we can prevent it from robbing us of joy and peace. 
First, however, I need to offer a few brief caveats. The type of worry I'm addressing here is not the kind that pertains to conditions such as clinical anxiety or panic disorders, which are serious issues that require professional treatment. I know Sabrina last week spoke a little bit on mental health, and that is an important thing, and I think it is important for us to recognize that there are times, just like when you get a bad injury or some other physical problem that you go see a doctor, there are doctors that can help you with your mental health. And that is not something to be taken lightly or to be looked down upon. We should encourage those who are struggling in that way, not do things that make them feel as if they're not um, adequate or that um, would make them feel ashamed. So a few brief caveats. The type of worry I'm addressing here is not the kind that pertains to conditions such as clinical anxiety or panic disorders. These can be serious issues that require professional medical treatment. Um, Worry that involves disruptive physical symptoms or that interferes with one's daily life and relationships should be explored with a medical or mental health professional. Secondly, we must distinguish between normal and healthy fear and anxiety and worry. Normal fear and anxiety is a part of God's design for us because it warns us of danger and possible harm. We should all experience fear, for example, if we're about to be run into, if we're about to run into another car while driving, or if we see floodwaters approaching our home. This kind of healthy fear preserves our lives and well-being. Finally, there is an important difference between worry and constructive concern. We should be constructively concerned to maintain our physical health, for example, but not worry about it. The following contrasting attitudes can help illustrate the difference between these. Worry paralyzes, while concern motivates. Worry prevents initiative, while concern promotes initiative. Worry results in an anxious feeling, while concern results in calm focusing. Worry fears the worst, while concern hopes for the best. Given that the kind of everyday worry that I'm addressing here is not a medical condition, a healthy response to danger or constructive concern, would, how should we understand it? One author helpfully defines worry as the practice of indulging fear, clinging to it, and feeding and serving it. It involves choosing to stay in a place of fear when we could make another choice. This kind of worry that run this is the kind of worry that runs contrary to God's will for us and that we can overcome as we better understand who God is and we commit ourselves to him. Do not be afraid. More than 300 biblical passages instruct God's people not to fear. That is worry. When the Egyptian army arrived to attack the Israelites who had just been released from slavery, the people panicked. But Moses responded, Do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance that the Lord will bring today. In Exodus 14, verse 13. David declares in the Psalms, Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war breaks out against me, even then I will be confident. Psalms 27, verse 3. Three times in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus commands, do not worry. In Matthew 6, 25, 31, and 34. Therefore, he addressed anxiety about physical needs as well as about the future. 
He said, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. But why is it that worry is problematic from God's perspective? Is it because worry undermines? It is, it's because worry undermines our trust in God and calls into question his power or love. Trust, or faith, which I talked about last time I spoke, is the foundation of our relationship with God, and it serves as our basis for salvation as well as our daily Christian life. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 tells us, For it is by grace that you have been saved, through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, we live by faith and not by sight. Similarly, the author of Hebrews states, without faith it is impossible to please God. That's from Hebrews 11, verse 6. So rather than fear what might happen, God calls us to trust that he is the sovereign ruler of the universe and will bring good out of all of our circumstances. Psalms 103.19 and Romans 8.28. Not all that happens to us is good, of course, but God can bring out, bring good out of difficulties, trials, and challenges. Learning to trust in God is a process, and we grow in our ability to do so as we mature spiritually. We'll never trust God perfectly in this life, but growth in this area is part of our sanctification. There are three practical ways we can overcome worry by focusing on three important truths. Before I jump past, I know sanctification is kind of a big word. Is anybody not sure what that means? So sanctification is just the process that we go through to become more and more like Christ. right? As we study, as we focus on him, as we pray, as we spend time with him, as we serve him by helping others, we grow in our spirituality and through that process, we become sanctified and become more and more Christ-like in our character. So here are three practical, important ways that we can overcome worry by focusing on these important truths. First, remember God's love and protection. The Lord is our shepherd, and he watches over us like shepherds guard their flocks. We read about this in Psalms 23. And we talked about it this morning with the story of the lost sheep, right? He is our rock, our fortress and shield. Psalms 18.2 He keeps watch over us because of his great love for us. And nothing in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 8.39 Romans 8 is a fantastic chapter. If you have not read it, I would recommend that you, you do that. And when you're tempted to worry, remember that God always seeks your good in all the circumstances he allows in your life. That's something that's really hard to understand, isn't it? There are circumstances that happen that how you look at it and you can... My human mind can see many circumstances around me that I look at it and I say, how is that for my good or for the good of the, the people involved in the situation? We prayed this morning for the school shootings. 
How does that work for good? I don't know. That's um, something I will not understand. But he assures us that it does. If you had the privilege of being here with us for Tuesdays together, we just watched a series on reimagining God. And one of the topics he preaches on is reimagining God through the pain that we experience or that we see around us in the world. And he gives some very, very tough examples of things that can happen or have happened and talks about God in them. I will say this. God is not pleased by what has happened. Even if he can make a situation work for good, he is not pleased by the innocent loss of life. Um, I titled the sermon, Joy, Hope, and Peace, All with Question Marks. One of the one of the other tools that it talks about in here is embrace God's peace. Probably the most famous passage in the Bible that addresses worry is Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. And then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So rather than worry, Paul writes that we should give our concerns to God with an attitude of thanksgiving for all that he has done for us. Peter describes this activity as casting all your anxiety on God because he cares for you. That's in 1 Peter 5, verse 7. As one pastor and author observes, the word casting here refers to the deliberate action of setting something down and leaving it there. This indicates that Jesus wants you to throw your cares on him and leave them there. It indicates that Jesus wants you, or I'm sorry, that you depend on him for life itself and that you acknowledge this reliant relationship by saying, Here, Jesus, please take my problems. You have the answers. I trust you to show me what to do and to take care of the consequences. Entrusting our concerns to God results in a supernatural peace that frees us from anxiety. So one, remember God's love and protection. Two, embrace God's peace. And three, dwell on the good, true, and beautiful. We should not only resist worry, fear, and anxiety, but also positively dwell on the goodness, truth, and beauty of God and his creation. This is why Paul urges us to think about whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy. Philippians 4, verse 8. Think on these things. A key way to put this into practice is to memorize scripture, especially passages that relate to the points above about God's sovereignty, his protection, his love, and peace. When worry threatens to destabilize us, 
passages that remind us of the truths we've been discussing can guard our hearts and our minds and replace anxiety with God's tranquility. In closing this morning, I just want to encourage each of you. Take your worries and your fears and lay them at Jesus' feet. Lift up Marco and Jasmine in prayer. Lift up the families that have lost loved ones in prayer. Lift up our church in prayer. Lift up our leaders in prayer, both of our church, but of our government as well. Lift up our country and its leaders. Pray for those who are hurting. Pray for those who are struggling with their mental health, that they would find help and peace and know the love of Christ. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, admirable, If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on these things. May God richly bless you this week.